Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And Valerie Comer. Today we are talking about runaway and or jilted brides. So we can uh, maybe define our terms a little bit before we get going so that we're all on the same page. A runaway bride is when the bride does the jilting. <laughs> she is the jilter. Yeah. And a jilted bride is obviously when you have a runaway groom and the groom does the jilting. Um, so in your mind, is there one that is a better story or do you have a preference, Valerie? I've got one question about those definitions. Oh, please. Does, is there a timeline on that? Like, do they have to literally be at the church or does it count if one of them runs away the night before or a week before? When does the jilting actually happen? I would say no more than a week before in my mind. And a week okay. is pushing it. I feel like it has to be because otherwise the music you're just, playing in the church. Yeah. Otherwise you're just asked. breaking up. Like, you know, even if you just got engaged, but nothing has been set up yet, like you don't have a place, you don't have caterers booked, that's not jilting. That's just calling off your engagement or breaking right. up um, to me. Agreed. To, to me, a jilting or a runaway bride, there's a lot more on the line than just the end of the relationship. Um, it, it has to be right there night before day of and i'll i'll allow up to a week um ahead personally okay <laughs> well there has to be public humiliation like there has to be stakes so if um the relationship if if they break up and no one's inconvenienced then it doesn't count if that makes sense it they're has to inconvenienced be because they've sent out the invitations and they've paid for all the stuff you can usually get a refund close if that lasted a week, you'd be yeah. sinking money. You wouldn't be able to get this talking non-pandemic times. You'd be <laughs> sinking money that you actually can't get back. Yeah. You'd be investing money. Like if and the invites if, are yeah. out, it's not so, yeah, that's a little embarrassing, but you probably can get all your deposits back. You know, if you just yeah. sent your invites out eight weeks ahead and then like two weeks after the invites go out, you're yes, it's embarrassing and you might have to return some gifts, but there aren't people who have already traveled to see you. There yes. aren't vendors who are like, so sorry, I'm, you still have, you know, 600 chicken dinners that you need to pay for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, right. or whatever. Okay. I just thought that it was, yeah, that I wanted that timeline clarified a little bit. Okay. And, and you had a question for me. The question. <laughs> uh, which is, which is better, uh, jilted bride or runaway bride? So we were talking about this in my Facebook reader group. Uh, I think it was in November-ish, relatively recently. And I asked um, what they had read the most of and what they preferred. And then I sat back and it was really fun. So if <laughs> some of you who are watching were in there, thank you. Um, they decided almost uniformly that um, they would rather read about a runaway bride than a jilted bride. Interesting. Hmm. that's Did what there, I said are there are there reasons there absolutely are reasons my goodness there are reasons and the main one is that um 
the heroine is then um, taking action. She's not being acted upon. She's not, she, she's like realizing something is wrong and she's grabbing the situation in both hands and doing something about it. Albeit at kind of the last moment. Okay. But um, whereas the jilted bride probably knows something's wrong, um, but she's still going along with it until, you know, the guy doesn't show up at the church or whatever. So yeah, my, my reader group seemed to be firmly in the let's have a runaway bride camp. So. Okay. Interesting. I thought so. All right. Do you agree with that? May. It was kind of the conclusion I'd come to myself okay. Okay. that that it just it was a, a character taking action. Okay. All right, Norelle, what about you? What do you think? Well, in real life, I think both situations are absolutely horrendous. And <laughs> I remember before when I was probably maybe 12, <laughs> I had a cousin who had been going out with his girlfriend for donkey's years. Like I just remembered it, it Christmas, family things that they were together. And it was the one wedding that my sister and I were actually going to be going to the reception. My mum had been unwell at that time and we were going to go with my dad. And that was pretty exciting for me. And it was cold off on the morning and it was just awful. It was just, so in real life, it's horrible and awful. And I would hate to hear about um, the jilting and runaway brides and all that kind of stuff in real life is awful. So please don't do it in real life. <laughs> um, and so this is before I became a romance reader. That's my, that's where I, that was my preconception about this type of thing in real life. Um, but all that to say, I love the runaway bride, bride movie with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. That probably doesn't surprise you. You all know I'm a Richard Gere fan. Richard Gere, um, yes. yes. So I love that movie. And she's such a she's such a twist and so stupid for so many reasons, but she's still lovable, if that makes sense. And um, there is a reason why she does run away at all these weddings. And even though you want to wring her neck at times, it's still, it makes for good um it makes for a good movie it makes for a good story um but in fiction I just think it really depends on the characters being well motivated so I have written a runaway bride story falling for the farmer I'll get the second edition re-released hopefully later in 2022 if I can get that one back out um but it really comes down to having the, the bride has to have a really good reason to be doing what she's doing to bring the readers along with them and there has to be a strong motivation and jilting. I think if they've been jilted, it has to be, it wasn't that she was too stupid to realize that he wasn't into her or whatever. There needs to be a very compelling reason as to why she was hoodwinked by the fiance or why she was being pushed into this um, relationship. And it all comes back to the whys. So I'm happy to read either as long as it, mm -hmm. as it actually makes sense in my mind as to what this, the background and what the setting is for it as well and the runaway bride story I've written myself I didn't actually start that as a runaway bride story I woke up I'm trying to work out why she ended up in the country she's a city girl why is she in the country I woke up one morning and thought, it was in, and thought she's a runaway bride that's what happened <laughs> yeah so it wasn't even I didn't even start out trying to write a runaway bride story it just sort of happened so um yeah it just needs to make sense and I'm good with them and I'll read both all right yeah. so yeah I I kind of despise both of them. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. Um, because I, there might be some situations where the why is done well enough that I'm willing to go there. Um, but 
in general, I don't like, if you're gonna, if you're a runaway bride, you have to like, unless you are just an absolute moron, you have to have seen signs and had questions, you know, and, and so there was time before you are like in your dress at the church where you could have like taken a knee and, and thought this through some, look at me using a sports term. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so like, I just, I don't understand how you get to the point where you've let it coast for so long that now all of the sudden that it's real, now you're gonna do this? I mean, and, and I guess that's maybe some of the drama of why people like them, but I am already predisposed to dislike a main character if that's what she's doing. Because I'm like, you were either blind or stupid or both. I don't really understand what was going on. Um, oh, young and immature. I think I'd struggle. Her. I'd struggle with an older heroine mm-hmm. or hero doing that. Yeah. I think I, for me, it would, it's young characters who don't necessarily know. Um, it's hindsight's everything. Sure. And when you're 19 or 20 or 21 or 22 or 23, you may be really mature and have your head screwed on right and know what's what and be very smart <laughs> with discerning people and motives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you may not be. You may yeah. still have life lessons to learn so to me I think age does make a difference as well it can Um, not only that but a lot of the the um tropes and lead-ins that we use in romance or or find in romance as readers mm -hmm. are not necessarily situations we would like our daughters to do sure or whatever um but they can create a really fun setup for a story yeah I can deal with jilted a little bit better um, because I think there are people who are good at hiding who they are. So I can see how someone could potentially hoodwink you, um, especially sometimes in Christian romance or just with Christians in general, because we want to believe the best of people. So it's easy for there to be a level of naivete maybe that, that, um, that excuses it a little bit more, but even still, again, there's an element of, you know, because it's just the reverse, right? It just means the other one is the one doing the runaway job. And so I have to believe that if you were paying attention, there were cracks that, that you would have seen, um, you know, and I guess there, you know, there is the element of willful blindness, but I just don't, it's not my thing. It, especially also because I feel like inevitably what happens is it it leads to too much. It's a rebound romance basically is what then happens in the book because I was just going to pledge till death do I part to this other person and then changed my mind. And now lickety split because these types of romances tend to be a lickety split with someone else. Now I'm in love with you and it's going to be great and perfect. And it's just like, "Mm, if you were- The speed (laughs) thing is definitely an issue in many of them. Yeah. So, you know, because at some point, I think if you don't take the speed factor out of it, does it, is it still a runaway bride? Like if, 
a year later, now she's getting involved with this other person. Well, she's not she a runaway could, bride anymore. She could run away. She could meet the guy and it could still take a year for her to trust him. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I guess we'll see. Yeah. But I it's just, not even, I think changing the mind is definitely, it's hard. It'll be harder because it convince me if someone has been all in, I'm going to marry this person with yeah. no doubts and then suddenly changes their mind. But the runaway bride stories that I personally like to read are the mm-hmm. ones where um, there's usually pressure to marry mm-hmm. this person and not necessarily, not almost arranged marriage pressure in terms of parents yeah. responsibility there's sure. there's other there's other reasons outside of love that means this match needs to happen and it can often be the often it's the bride who's finally having to stand up to the domineering family and say no this is my life this is my future you're not going to tell me who I'm going to marry mm-hmm. and sometimes the pressure of meeting family expectations versus the pressure of who you are as a person. I think that's the, that's what I really like about the runaway bride trope because that's what gets explored in the story sure. is I really want to make my parents happy. I've always been the good girl. I've always done the right thing and I don't want my parents to hate me. I don't want to lose my trust fund. I don't want to have <laughs> to um, live on the streets with no money and nowhere to go and I need to marry this guy or or there's a threat that all this stuff is going to be taken away from me. So that's the kind of stuff that I personally really like to read, that type of motivation. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's see what books we dragged out. Valerie, you want to go first? Sure. I'd love to. I have <laughs> um, several jolted and one runaway on my <laughs> list. So. Excellent. So the first one uh, that came to my mind was um, A Baby for the Minister by Laurel Blount, which is a love inspired. Um, And the setup in that one really cracked me up. Um, Sorry to the sorry to the jilted bride. Um, (laughs) So this is a, a woman who's pregnant and destitute and the grand the the her boyfriend's fiance's grandmother finds out and he's going to do the right thing by golly and she practically takes him there by the ear um only he doesn't show for the wedding so we the hero is a minister and the minister who's supposed to perform this wedding is ill so he's like coming in his name is Jacob he comes in scrambling he's going to do this wedding where is everybody what what are we doing you know and all this stuff and where's the groom well nobody's seen the groom well where's the bride well she's over in this room so he goes knocks on the door she says come in he goes in and there she is like nine months pregnant and he's like oh nobody told me about this and she's like where's Eddie and he's like uh nobody's seen him so um so she's like what do I do now right I mean she'd come here because Eddie's grandmother had it it was her only chance and then Eddie was supposed to inherit some some money and it was all going to work out and she knew it was thin ice but what was she going to do well then she goes into labor And so now we have this minister who there's obviously no wedding, but he's a compassionate person. And so he's like getting her to the doctor and she has nothing. She has nobody. And, and um, anyways, they fall in love. It was very sweet. Um, 
So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> okay. A fun set up that story. It yeah. was a fun setup. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, not so much for her, but, <laughs> uh, but she's, the fictional, but she's yeah. fictional. It's all good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Narelle, what do you have? Okay. Well, I'll start with a runaway bride and I read this book and quite a few years ago. So I then started off that I better read the first chapter to remind myself. And then suddenly I'm 30% in and I'm running out of time to, <laughs> to get organized. And it's, um, it's um, The Bride's Broken Bond by Lee Tobin McLean. So it's one of the sacred bond books. Oh, and about that one. It was, oh, it was so fun. So um, Hope is your typical spoiled heiress. I mean, she's never worked in her life. She's got a university degree, but she did sociology instead of social work because, oh, my goodness, you've got to do, like, practical work if you do social work. Um, and so she's just really lived in this this sort of princess life where um, her parent, her basically her credit cards are owned by her father and she is pretty much, she's the good girl that does what she's meant to do. And when she was younger, um, the hero in the story, his name's Rock, um, he was actually worked for her father and was sort of around the grounds and different things. And so she had a connection with him that goes back years, but of course he was the boy from the wrong side of the tracks. He was a bad boy. He was never going to be good enough for her, um, according to her family. So there was sort of this backstory going on in the past. And so she's got to marry this guy and um, she's, she just knows because she, she overhears him talking about how to another woman that he doesn't, that I'm basically saying to this other woman that he loves her and that he's getting married because his family business is going broke and he needs Hope's family's money for that reason. And so she had had doubts about him and then she hears this and then she melts down on the wedding day. She's in a bedroom, all dressed up, ready to go, and she refuses to leave a room. And so because she'd been good friends with this guy, Rock, her father ironically calls him and says, can you get Hope out of this room and get her downstairs because we need to get her married and so he turns up and here's her story and she's like I can't do this I can't go through with it and so she twists his arm and convinces him to basically instead of take, take getting her into the church he basically drives her away and she runs away with him and so the problem was that Hope hadn't really thought through the consequences of what she was doing and so she has credit cards that no longer work and she's got no money. She's only got the clothes she's wearing. Which is um, a, her, a wedding gown, right? A wedding dress. Yeah, she's only got a wedding dress and um, the, her phone gets disconnected because her father runs everything. And so um, Rocky is a Christian and he's he works in this, I think it's called Faithworks. Yeah. Um, he's got this ministry in Pittsburgh with um, kids that are from the wrong side of the tracks that um basically he helps helps them out they've come from um difficult back family backgrounds and different things and um there happens to be a vacancy that turns up in the ministry and hope happens to have the sociology degree and the right background and so she slots into having to get a real job and it was a real really fun I love those fish out of water stories and it was an absolute cracker because she was so this world was just so different to what she knew completely different and it was such a fun story and um the, I just um, the attraction like he's just oh he's really I mean Rock's one of those heroes you go oh, yes one of those heroes <laughs> <laughs> pardon yes yeah well the whole series she's got heroes that just like oh, 
So it was, and he was rescuing her, but at the same time, she also needs to rescue herself and stand on her own two feet. And so I love that series and I particularly love that book. And I will finish, I will finish that probably in one sitting when I go back to it. Yes, because it's such a fun story. I had forgotten that one because it's been a while, but yeah, I remember yep. that series and that story. That yep. was one of the ones that I read so that for this episode, because I don't tend to seek these out. So yeah, no, I went. <laughs> so bad I went, morale. Yeah, he stole it. I, stole I went searching. Story. Well, went you can searching. add your thoughts to what I said. Um, <clears throat> so I love Lee and I love her books and it was good. Um, I've got another one. <laughs> What's your next one, Valerie? <laughs> Uh, my second story is also a runaway story, but it's not that one. It's by Angela Ruth Strong, and it's called Finding Love in Seaside, Oregon. Yeah. So this came out originally in a multi-author box set in which um, Angela wrote the prologue, and then um, several people wrote novellas, and she wrapped up with the final um, novella. But it's available also in her Resort to Love series. So Christina ran away from her wedding in her wedding dress. See, Beth already hates the story, right? See, the thing is, is I know that I've read this and I didn't even, it didn't even trigger in my brain that it was a runaway bride. So I must not have hated it. <laughs> well, okay, good, good. Um, in the prologue, the, um, there, she and her bridesmaids who incidentally have the other novellas in that collection um, are prepping up before the wedding and she says she needs to pray and they're like okay and then one of them goes oh I saw this really cool thing on the internet and let me go get can't remember the guy's name Henry I think right. can't remember and um and she's like okay and the others are like, but you can't see him. And they're like, no, no, no. What you do is you hold hands around the door and it's so romantic and it's so lovely. So he's there and he's holding her hand and he goes like, uh, what are we doing? And she's like, um, can, can you pray for us? And he's like, uh, babe, go ahead. You know, like praying is more your thing. And she asks him again and he's like, just do it. If this is important to you, then just do it. And she's like, you know what? can't do it just I can't I can't do it so she does walk around the door and face him and that's where the prologue ends so spoiler alert it's a very short prologue <laughs> <laughs> um and then then the um finding love in seaside Oregon begins with her in her wedding dress deciding that um, because she has given up her apartment and she has given up her job because the fiance was going to help her open her business. So that's all gone. Everything's gone. Yeah. So by golly, she's going to enjoy her honeymoon by herself in Seaside, Oregon. So she drives down to the coast. It, the story starts in Portland, so it's not that far. And she goes into the B&B that they have... Um, had reserved a room and there's water dripping from the ceiling above her head and there's nobody around and it's dark and she's like 
hello, anybody here, whatever. And then as the guy comes into the room, she flips on the light, which of course blows <laughs> up, sparks everything. The water is in the chandelier and it's a big yeah. mess. And she meets Dave, the owner of the B&B. &B. So the story is actually, um, does take place over a fair bit of time, as I recall, and I enjoyed it. So runaway bride yeah. in her wedding dress, checks the boxes mm -hmm. and uh, fun story. Yes. Yep. I remember and it was on my list and liking it, <laughs> but it didn't make my list. I didn't even, it didn't occur to me that it was runaway bread. It's a sign of a you good runaway bread. <laughs> well, I have, I have spoken about this one on the podcast before. This is, this is the second one that I was going to talk about um, was dead. Cause I love, um, I love the beginning of that book. It was fabulous. There was a definitely a memorable uh, meet cute. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> and he was He's praying so for a, he was praying her. for a wife as well, wasn't he? Yes, he was praying for a yes. wife. He was not then praying for somebody to blow up his foyer <laughs> and <laughs> power in his building. And yeah. yeah, it happens to be in a wedding dress, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's your husband? Maybe he can help me. Oh, sorry, I didn't get married. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Narelle, what's your next one? Okay, so um, that was my second. So I'll move <laughs> to my third one, my last one, mm -hmm. um, which is Choose Me by Marian Newcomen, which is the third book in the Chapel Cove series. Now, I haven't read this for a few years, so I'm a bit hazy on the details. Um, but this one is a jilted bride, and it doesn't take place straight away after she was jilted. So, the I mean, Chapel Cove is in Oregon, mm -hmm. and the jilting happens in Washington State, somewhere on Puget Sound. I've said that correctly, I believe. And it was one of those gut-wrenching, awful ones when it's there in the, in the church. This is all in the first chapter. Mm -hmm. And the I do's are happening and he just can't say I do. It's just like, oh. So if you, I think that's like the worst moment to be jilted is when you're literally there with the ring yeah. ready to go and it's like, yes, I can't do it. And so she stays, I think, for six months in her hometown and it's just mortifying because it was just such an awful public humiliation yeah. which is why I hate this whole thing in real life it's just horrible but it's fabulous in a book and I can just spend <laughs> descend belief quite happily because fictional people are not real people and so um <laughs> we can do all sorts of fun things with fictional people and it's fine yeah so she um ends up she, she's a real estate works in real estate ends up transferring with her the company down to Chapel Cove and so the hero is a military guy. So he was an army surgeon who went to Dallas, I think, when he discharged. I'm hazy on the details here. And then ends up going back to his hometown at Chapel Cove and he's a doctor. And so that's sort of the setup for the story. But the jilting in this one is it was really important because she's just so afraid to trust because of what happened to her on her wedding day at the altar, ready to say I do. And so... Um, her name's Julian, his name's Hudson. So Hudson has a lot of work cut out for him to actually get her to trust him and to, yeah. So I really, I think it really explores the fallout of what happens when someone is jilted at the absolute last moment and really gets blindsided in many respects by the jilting as well. Cool. Yep. Well, hello everyone. Uh, you may notice that we have lost Elizabeth Madry. Uh, we were just uh, chatting away, recording our podcast when she lost power and her whole neighborhood is out of power. 
And, you know, that's all fun for everybody. So she had just started talking about the book. Um, ah, it was on the tip of my tongue by Jesse Gussman, Dreaming of Her Cowboy's Kiss. Yep. And neither Narelle nor I have read it. So we can't actually do a lot of commentary on it. But um, we wanted to pop back in just long enough because the next book on my list was Elizabeth Madry's book, uh, Heart Redirected. And I'm not going to give a whole lot of thoughts on it. I was hoping to be able to bounce some ideas um, off of her, but um, she's not here. So this is part of her Peacock Hill series. And Sean has been in and out of uh, several of the previous books in this series. He's a wedding planner, which is an unusual profession for a man, but however, that's what he is. And he, um, he has been planning this wedding that's to take place at Peacock Hill. They're there, everybody's there, Sean's there directing things, and the bride is stood up by the groom who doesn't show. So um, this is a problem. But the biggest problem in the story is that Sean knows that he has months ago now broken the rule number one of wedding planners, and that is to not fall in love with the bride. He fell in love with the bride and he knew that that was terrible. He knew that was awful because she was engaged to be married and he was planning their wedding, um, but, he, um, but he did. So now here at the beginning of this story, we have everybody waiting for the groom and there's no groom and he's helping her pick up the pieces and he knows that this is a very lousy time for him to go, oh, by the way, I have loved you for months. So he does not say that because he's smart enough, uh, but that is the beginning of the romance between Sean and the jilted bride, whose name is Larissa. So um, if you want to have a look for Jesse Gussman's story, Dreaming of Her Cowboy's Kiss, and then go ahead and do that. And if you want to read A Heart Redirected by Elizabeth Madry, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I read that one a while ago and somehow it didn't hit my list. So, but I now you're talking about the story I'm remembering. It's definitely a good one to read. There are so many stories and we don't always remember all the ins and outs and bits no. and pieces of why we like them. We don't, do we? No worries. Okay, so did you have anything else to add to the episode? Any final thoughts on Runaway Brides, Jilted Brides? I haven't changed my opinion. I still love them as long as they're well motivated. I haven't motivated. changed my opinion either. <laughs> and our opinion rules because Beth's not here now, right? Woo! Absolutely. So um, to our listeners, if you have any particular thoughts, strong thoughts, weak thoughts, good thoughts, bad thoughts, please let us know. Don't forget, you can always comment at YouTube or you can um, go to our Facebook page and comment over there as well on the episodes that get put up on Facebook and also on Twitter that get shared and also on Instagram. But anyway, so I've got to remember how to do the outro because I don't normally do this. So thank you everyone for joining us at Story Chats. Please let us know your thoughts in the comments on YouTube or the Story Chats Facebook page. You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash storychats. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next week. Meanwhile, be sure to make some time to fall in love with a good book. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. And goodbye from Beth. 
Yes.